Every time a banker is discovered dead in his tub, his throat slit after a drug-fueled spree with a stranger he met on Backpage.com, an angel gets its wings. (laughs) (laughs) And a demon gets an erection. (laughs) From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Startling revelations, insightful observations, rational extrapolations from the true stories that fill the blood-splattered pages of the tabloid press of New York, America's largest city, world's loneliest town. Did you see? I met the mayor. Well, that was exciting. I was getting a hot dog up there at uh, 72nd Street in Amsterdam. I like to go there. You get two hot dogs and and a papaya juice for five bucks. It was right after a set. There he was. Mayor de Blasio, he was eating a dog, too. He had a security detail with him. It was definitely him. It was so exciting. And I, I, got a, I didn't know what to say to him. Because you want to say something, you don't want to be a jerk. Because uh, I was really starstruck. You can see how happy I am in the picture. It's at the, uh, well, it's on Instagram, actually. I think that's the, my first uh, uh, more than 100 likes on a photo. So exciting. Follow me there at Pat Dixon NYC. And uh, we're back New York City Crime Report, and Jim Polk is here today. Hey, Jim. Hello. Well, joining me from Mazzy and Polk. That's right. The, uh, the, 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 the ones that make justice work uh, for you. We certainly do. They make it. <laughs> we force it. <laughs> if it doesn't work, God damn it, it will when we're through you with it. You better call us, and we will make it. Now, now, I have to ask you about de Blasio ordering a hot dog you said uh, he was doing? Yeah, yeah. He was, was he as confused about that as he seems to be on everything else? <laughs> I mean, was he sort of bumbling along? Oh, do I get the ketchup? Do I get the relish? Uh, I don't know. You know, he seemed very assured on the hot dog. And uh, he, he, here's here's something more. Here's another detail. He had a flip phone. I saw him with oh. a flip phone. That's the burner, right? Is that what they call that? Well, I mean, I, I don't even think burners are flip phones anymore. I mean, oh. that's really antique. I think the mayor would have a better burner. Well, I mean, how do you how do you mayor to the people when you you know you don't know what we're doing? That's what it is, mayor to the people, <laughs> and that's exactly where he's going wrong. You know, nearly a hundred Latino leaders showed up at city hall chanting "one term mayor" in English, in order to uh, pressure Bill De Blasio into point into appointing more Hispanics to his administration. Now, uh, yeah, I don't know if you know the numbers on this. You know, he's, he's, uh, Hispanics make up twenty nine percent of the city's population. Ed de Blasio only named Hispanics to 11% of his public appointments. Hmm. And we have a quote here. We're not garbage, so don't treat us like garbage, said okay. activist uh, Lucky Rivera. If you don't want to be a one-term mayor, you better do the right thing. And these protesters may just have a point. While only uh, 11% Latino appointments, nearly 9% of de Blasio's appointments were garbage. Only a two-point differential, which is ex- it's especially unfair considering the city is it's twenty-nine is, uh, percent Hispanic. It's only fifteen percent garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess garbage has a complaint too, but uh, you know it, it, it's <laughs> could be argued really that they should strive to be more like garbage. Uh, here's my question though for these Latino leaders. Mm-hmm. When Bill de Blasio runs again, what do you intend to do? Vote for the Republican? Well, you should see a lot of appointments there. It's an empty threat. Yeah. I mean, it really has to be. It's like, oh, yeah, Bloomberg was really fond of Latinos. I remember the time when they actually asked Bloomberg 
if he knew any Latinos. And, and, and I think as seriously as any man could answer it, he said, absolutely, then railed off like his gardener, his maid. I, I mean, he... <laughs> It was during the campaign. I remember this distinctly. It made me laugh. I think it made the Daily Show. It was such mm-hmm. a such a yeah, pompous line. And 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 the thing is that and yeah, now five years later, it makes our show. But uh, you know, he he's hiring them. I think is his point. You know, creating jobs. Yeah, and that's what I, he was about. The the econ- the economics of it. You know, proving but, that if you let them pick up the garbage, they don't mind. But if you don't appoint them to garbage, then they get furious about it. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I it just. I'm no fan of de Blasio, but I don't know who they're expecting is going to be better. I just like would hear. I'd like to hear de Blasio attempt to speak Spanish any better than Bloomberg did. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah, he had great Spanish. Now, appointment wise, it looks like uh, you know uh, he's he's made some mistakes or whatever. He's seen some changes in his in his approval rating. Now, among white voters, his approval uh, has dropped from 41 percent to 34 percent in the last three months. Seven percentage points what are white voters seeing that they don't like well several things uh i would say now meanwhile uh police uh, commissioner uh, bill bratton has appointed a new second in command now he's he's they're not a big fan of him either uh 63 year old ben tucker he grew up in bed's died joined the police force as a beat cop after graduating high school in 1969 so that happened okay and he was under a lot of pressure to pick a, a, a black or brown person and uh you know, that was Charlene yeah. McRae, as we know. Didn't really help any. Co-mayor, you yeah. know, uh, who says uh, <laughs> that, uh, hey, you know, we can't trust this guy. And and she was, and that was made public. And then they they came out with kind of a love fest, de Blasio and, and Bratton. You know, a show of unity. Uh, well, uh, Philip Banks had been Bratton's original pick to be the number two. He resigned because uh, Bratton didn't want to make the position a whole lot more powerful. And we go on and on with local politics. However, here's the deal. They want to know why he's not as popular with white voters. Well, I mean, he went out there and, uh, you know, I think it's the, it's like the jump up smackdown dance and stuff like that. You know, he's marching in the parade. Uh, his, his, his popularity has soared with blacks. Yeah. Gone down with whites, soared with blacks. Now, I I, here's, have... here's my theory on that. De Blasio, you know, he showed up late the other day. For another thing, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was uh, notorious they, for doing that. Yeah, he he's late all the time. I think that is the chief factor. It explains why it's gone down it with could, white people and gone up well with be. black people because black people are like, hey, all right, he's really he really is one <laughs> of us, you know. Uh, well, here's the other problem with. This. I see these stats, and I didn't really think anybody expected him to be all that well loved by white people. I'm, he wasn't really the mayor of white people, despite being a gigantic white man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was, we all liked his Bruno Mars looking son, and um, he had like a black lesbian wife or something like that. Which and, having a black wife, you go, that a lot of white guys would be in favor of that. A black lesbian wife, and you go, that's too much. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, I, I can't handle that. I don't know where, I don't even know how to start. But he was the mayor of the extreme left, which never other than like the college students mm-hmm. never features a lot of middle class white people yeah well I, they make up the center sometimes progressivism looks a lot more interesting and fun in theory than it does in practice kind of makes you wonder if it works a lot better assailing the system from the outside <laughs> rather than just hurling the money away from the end well that's yeah and now uh, a pair of goats heads were found hanging in in park slope that's where the mayor lives uh, I'm sure he had nothing to do with it. Uh, uh, police are investigating. The two heads were skinned, tied together with rope, and tossed over a traffic light, just like a pair of tennis shoes. 
Uh, what does that mean when there's a pair of tennis shoes hanging on a thing? Is, that, I, is there I a have, meaning behind that? I don't think anybody actually knows. My no. hunch is, is that's one of those why do moths go to lights? We just don't know. Well, neighbor Mari, uh, Marie Renwick, 59, says, uh, It's disturbing. It feels like a violent act. <laughs> <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> well, I mean, I imagine seeing a skinned goat head anywhere is a bit disturbing. I mean, yeah. unless you're at a farm that skins goats or something, but yeah. I With mean, I would I would find it disturbing. I, it's, I'm a proponent for animal rights, she says, so it's distressing. Yeah. I could only hope it was someone who works at a butcher shop and put it up as a prank. I, I bet you they... Why would, would that just, make it okay, by yeah, the way? I know. Like, that's From like, an animal rights standpoint, <laughs> because I promise you, it does not matter much to the goats. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a butcher or religious. I, I assume it would be Santeria. Yeah. Oh, more. Yeah, more Santeria. Yeah. I, you, yeah. I, I mean, that seems to be the thing these days. Well, it is the official religion of the New York City Crime Report. Well, because it's so us. I know, and I should look into it more. But I. But just like I was as a Methodist, I'm kind of a non-practicing, non-Santeriaist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My Santeria knowledge is is, is very well, limited. You know, having, but I am a, a, a practitioner. Having brought up a Catholic, I found going to church, standing up, sitting down, and singing annoying enough. I can't imagine the actual process of sacrificing. Wait, something. I have that to is a lot of. Drink the blood of what? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Right. Again, a dead banker was discovered. Dead in his tub. Dead. His throat slit ear to ear. And he was, this is the apparent aftermath of a meth and booze filled spree with a stranger that he met on Backpage.com. Now, every time a banker is discovered dead in his tub, his throat slit after a drug fueled spree with a stranger he met on Backpage.com. An angel gets its wings. <laughs> and a demon gets an erection. Let's not forget what's important this holiday season. Police initially suspected foul play. Um, 42-year-old Sean Miller had been seen arguing with a male companion in the elevator of his lower Manhattan apartment. Uh, the blade, by the way, when the body was discovered, was nowhere to be found. Uh, well, then the intrepid investigators of the CSI unit came in, and they were like, oh, did you look under here? And they moved the body. <laughs> and it was under the body, yes. <laughs> like, yep, that's no corpse left unturned. Maybe they, we should have turned the body over before we made a statement. What's <laughs> <laughs> like, the murder? Oh, wait, no, there it is. Okay, he fell on this. All right. Well, there it was. And it, isn't it funny how, how, how you always find a murder weapon in the last place you look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the murder weapon in this case. Now, the detectives figure that he slit his own throat and then toppled into the bathtub, but does it wash? <sighs> this is, I have not lost a step. Yeah, no, no, two weeks off only made you sharper. Yes, it, it seems, I think it seems probable, because there's no other suspect. Well, what about the guy he was arguing with that he well, met on Backpage? His, well, I'll tell you, his man friend from Backpage, uh, that hookup, he'd left. And the doorman was ordered not to let him back in the building, and there was no sign of forced entry. Ah, oh, there you go. Pun intended, <laughs> but missed. Completely. <laughs> no, any, any penetration into the posh Greenwich Street apartment was consensual. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's a tribute to this man's courtesy that he fell into the bathtub because he didn't want to leave a big mess. This is, this is really weird. Them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it. It's like they describe the cut as ear to ear. Yeah. And that's quite a brutal cut to impose on yourself and make it deep enough to kill you. Well, I think that's one of those situations where the newspapers just make it interesting. Yeah. 
ear to ear. You know, I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I, I think it's he, he cut his throat enough to bleed to death and die. So ear to ear, they're like, what's it to you if we say ear to ear? Okay, fine. I mean, I, I, don't, I doubt it was literally ear to ear, but still a weird way to kill yourself. Or it could be just they needed to get their comp stat down. What do you mean by... Oh, no, right. Like, yeah, wait, 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 what are our murder rate at? Yep, murder. suicide. <laughs> Stick the knife under him. <laughs> hey, we found it. Well, hey, you know, uh, he did do this. Now, this this, this might play into that theory, Jim, because uh, two 911 calls were made from his apartment since Monday. That was since the guy left, reporting someone outside his building stalking him. But uh, that could be real. Could be the meth talking. Could very well be. And it's a mystery lost in the... I don't uh, know. I don't have a lot of experience with meth. Does it make you really paranoid like that? Well, uh, I don't know why you think I would know something like that. I didn't know. <laughs> You're from I, the I, South? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, as you... You know, I did used to live with a meth head. And I did watch him sort of disintegrate slowly. Uh, I mean, Pat, the circles we travel in. I just... If you were to bet on somebody uh-huh. in this room, you and me. Uh-huh. I do remember that uh, that um, the guy, uh, he, he, he would uh, tie his, his pants together with like a rope, you know, or an electrical cord. Or something like that. But I don't remember him being especially paranoid. But I think you can... Like, once you're up a few days in a row and yeah. that stuff keeps... Yeah, I think it can make you paranoid. Yeah, yeah, halt. You don't want to get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. That's right. I you know, that from get a meeting if you need to. Yeah. if you don't, just go ahead and slit your throat. Yep. But the Daily News does have this. This is from Miller's uh, LinkedIn profile. 42-year-old banker Sean Miller. It says, he is a thought leader and pioneer in sustainable finance focused on creating change and building sustainable business through collaboration, engagement, and partnership with others. That's eloquent. It's beautifully said. You know, whenever someone dies, I think, at the end of the funeral, they should always read from their LinkedIn profile (laughs) in case anyone there is a little bit sad the guy's dead. (laughs) That's exactly it. I think the cops have a suspect. I think they knew who did it. They read that. They were like, you know what? Fucking glad he's dead. <laughs> well, that's the that's you talking for the police and not the opinion of of me. I, I the guy seemed like a nice guy. I think what's going to happen is they're going to find out, you know, what what this guy fucked up. You know, I mean, he's a pretty important guy. It sounds like uh, from his uh, from his job title, uh, uh, Citigroup said Miller was a managing director of environmental and social risk management and had worked for a financial services firm since 2004. That's how important he is, though. Some form of management is in his title twice. Man- <laughs> when, when they talk about management in your title twice, uh, now, uh, they confirmed his death in a statement, by the way, Citigroup, that's what we work for. He says, we are deeply saddened by this news, and our thoughts are with Sean's family at this time. Uh, wow. You hear that, Sean's family? Your son is deeply saddened Citigroup. Yeah. I hope you're happy. Oh, the poor bank Citigroup. is crying. I mean, they've, they've had it so hard lately. <laughs> All the bad press bankers have gotten, and I think they do a lot for us. I mean, this guy was a thought leader. Yeah, that's right. And whenever you describe yourself as a leader, because remember, people, you make your own LinkedIn profile. Mm. It's not like somebody else is putting this out there. Whenever you describe yourself as a leader, mm. that's a, I, I kind of enjoy that because it's a great way for me to say I don't want to know you. We just haven't lost. We haven't just lost a managing director of environmental and social risk management. We've lost a thought leader and a pioneer in sustainable finance focused on creating change and building sustainable business through collaborations, engagement, and partnership with others. I hope they bury him eight feet deep. <laughs> a vagrant, an Asian immigrant, and a downtown D train. The D stands for der. What kind of der? Mer. The first 
uh, <laughs> subway murder by shove. Our since, favorite kind of dirt. Yes. <laughs> First one since 2010. Uh, I'm sorry, December 2012. Now you remember that. Erica yes. Menendez pushed a guy in front of the 7 train, and she claimed that she pushed the innocent man out of uh, anger related to 9-11. Yes. Uh, wrong brown guy. He was a Hindu. Lumping Hindus in with their anti-Muslim sentiments. People, let's keep your hate crime as uh, specific as possible. Uh, now, in less than two years, uh, four people have been pushed in front of trains. Uh, Meaning that in a city murdered, of eight yeah. million, there's not a lot of risk of you being pushed in front of a train. I would have numbers to, alone. I would have to agree, I, and I, I I believe that is true. I mean, uh, in fact, uh, statistically speaking, uh, you, you're you're much more likely to be to throw yourself in front of a train, which uh, I find comforting. You Me know? too. I, yeah, I mean, because I like uh, to control the process. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm not a suicidal person at all, but some days the MTA gives you a little too much time to think yes, about it. They really do. You know, you get tired of watching a rat eat a bag of Cheetos. You know. Now, uh, we talk about the four people who... Uh, now, who can forget the names of these victims? Xiao Zhuan Lin, Sunando Sin, Kisa Khan, Wai Quinn Kwok. You know, to those of us who didn't know them personally, these names may sound like a bunch of randomly generated sounds. <laughs> but chances are, they were more than that. The vagrant slash pusher of uh, the latest Asian immigrant. It's a 34-year-old. Now, why is it always an Asian immigrant? I, you know, I've been I've been racking my brain for this. I, I don't know why, but they really seem to be the target. If you're going to throw somebody on the train, I think the numbers are that it's going to be an Asian. Yeah. Well, yeah, four out of four. Yeah. Four I, out of four murders. So one guy is still on life support. We'll call it a murder. Uh, I know it, the stereotype is they're smaller, so maybe they're easier to... I don't know why they would be unsuspecting any more than anyone else, but uh, they, they, you know, whatever, they, they're, they're, they get pushed. Yeah, I mean, I would think they would be very vigilant about this now. Uh, I, w I know I'd be looking over I'd my I'd march shoulder. down to City Hall, chanting one-term mayor. <laughs> no more pushing. How many, yeah, how many, how many Asian appointees, they, they're being treated like garbage, you yeah. know? You throw a half a slice Literally of being thrown onto the subway tracks. Literally. Now, the vagrant pusher, that's a 34-year-old Kevin Darden. He's an oft-arrested piece of human garbage himself. Mm -hmm. Now, he's in custody. His mother, his own mother, says she's glad he's off the streets. In <sighs> his world, man. jail is an improvement. He's been arrested for assault, robbery, narcotics. Most, most, most recently, pickpocketing. It's really going down. You know, pickpocketing... <laughs> You know, it's like, a, you, don't you imagine a pickpocket to be charming somehow? I feel like it had a Cockney accent to it. Yeah. You know, a governor. Yeah, like, <laughs> but like a bunch of a rambunctious orphans. Yeah, yeah. Just stealing for food. Who occasionally break into song or something. Not this guy. No. No, violent repeat offender. 30 arrests. And look, uh, you know, let's, let's, just, uh, let's just say that if you see a homeless guy and he's around and just like anybody really everybody should just stand with their back to the wall at this point you and, you, and you really shouldn't throw people on the tracks you, you really, really you know if there's one thing that i can say about this is that you shouldn't do that All right few crimes inspire less sympathy for the victim than the robbery of a horny old bastard by a couple of attractive young sluts that he was attempting to pay for sex mm-hmm 85-year-old Paul Aronson was looking to hook up with sexy 17-year-old twins, but, but wound up robbed, tied to a coffee table. How humiliating. Well, the hookup was arranged on seeking arrangements. 
a website for sugar daddies looking for sugar babies. And the twins, Shayna and Shalane Foster, 17, have been charged with kidnapping, robbery, assault, burglary, and grand larceny. Wow. I, it's quite a story. Uh, lots, lots, lots to talk about there. Uh, joining me now, uh, the newest member of New York City Crime Report team, rape correspondent, Kiria Abrahams. Hi, Kiria. Hi, it's it's Kiria. It's Kiria. I'm sorry, Kiria. Yeah, oh, that's right. It's, so, it's, so what do you think about this uh, this case? Um, I think this is like the most outrageous case of like victim blaming that I've like ever seen. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know that it it does seem like uh, he's yeah not being a. Uh, treated entirely fairly i mean they're, they're splashing his name all over their photo and I, okay i don't even know what you're talking about i i mean i'm talking about like the two girls the children that were oh uh, yeah because if you want to talk about like the depths of rape culture right now and the sickness that is rape culture i think you just really need to look at this case as it is to see how the, these women were treated well i mean they're not the they're the suspects Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We live in a culture right now where victims are called suspects just because they tied someone up with zip ties and left them there. I mean, how many cases where you have seen like this where there are these are little little children. These are literally young children that are being punished and like their lives, their bodies are literally being ripped apart right now. Literally being torn apart. Their literally. Bodies. Their bodies are actually being torn into pieces. Literally metaphorically literally wow. okay well they wouldn't you know, well you say that they've come forward uh i mean they were arrested you know yeah. in this case right to come forward right? yeah yeah for With coming forward they that were kind of bravery okay uh-huh. they were they were punished they were arrested mm-hmm. they were treated like criminals but okay they, yeah they're, they're criminals aren't they this is just something I'm- no he lured them onto the site then like force them to fill out this like uh this questionnaire you know they they were they were asked questions totally inappropriate questions right. about like their height and their eye color yeah well i mean well that's for, for their appearance yeah i mean it's a questionnaire it's a isn't it uh the rape questions uh, the rape questions okay yeah uh but okay how did once he got how did he do how did <laughs> how did he lure them onto the site exactly okay this is what i'm talking about when i'm talking about rape culture this is systemic luring this is not something maybe you didn't do it maybe he didn't do it but society lured them onto the site okay, okay. and that's why i'm here and that's why i'm glad that you have me on so that i can just have this message to all the young women out right. there right now who might be lured onto a site, maybe you're just looking for an arrangement and you go on seeking arrangements and you're being lured. And I think that we really need to take back control of this discussion, okay? And I want to change the dialogue and flip the script because we are talking about our bodies, okay? Women's bodies and they're being raped. They're constantly being raped like 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And this is why, why are men leading the dialogue on this and why are women being arrested why are you leading a dialogue why are you having conversation about this oh, right now you're I, a man that's i mean my show I just, I uh-huh right and so you think that gives you the right to discuss this you're not a woman you don't understand what it feels like to be raped i'm a woman i know yeah. i know what rape is like yeah uh-huh yeah oh how i mean how much is it going to take for you to believe the victim finally and stop calling them a criminal how many children how many more young children have to be raped what if these what if these were 85 year old white men what if this 85 year old white man lured 85 year old white men into his house Mm. then would we be having this conversation i don't think so people would believe that they were raped wouldn't they i think they would totally they would believe them yeah they would totally believe them. i mean you are you're good you are good at this Uh uh-huh yeah 
uh, well, uh, it, this comes from some perspective. Uh, I mean, I don't know what your background is. Um, well, I'm a but, woman, so I've been raped a lot. Oh, I see. okay. Yeah. Oh, right. All right. It's cool. Um, you have. I didn't. You did. You've been yeah. raped. I didn't. Yeah, I've been have, accused fact, of been being raped. a man hater. I've been accused of you know making things up. I've been accused of being of raping of being raped. You mean you asked to supply some sort of evidence or yeah corroborating so, yeah yeah and just constantly just you you go to the cops and then were you raped you know well it's none of your business why are you shaming me yeah. <laughs> it's okay um well so this this guy was was tied up uh you know he left for 20 hours and he was robbed what about all that i mean uh, those are crimes right yeah because we live in the society where if you're um, a woman, you basically, you have to, in order to, to be safe, you have to like carry zip ties with you just because you go over a stranger's house and now all of a sudden you have to be prepared to tie the guy up and, and take money and, mm-hmm. and leave. Yeah, be- it totally, that's our okay. society. Okay, so so you're not concerned about this, this guy who's left on the floor for 20 hours. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm just a little more concerned about the rape victims. Okay, the children that were just raped. This guy was just tied up. He He's 85. Okay. He's probably tired. He took okay. a nap. What's well, nice talking to you. Uh, uh-huh. Thanks for uh, joining us. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Hope rape so. correspondent, uh, Korea. Korea. Uh, Korea. Korea Abrahams. Thank you. Jim, uh, an 85-year-old man, uh, he's, you know, in, invites a couple women into his home for, you know, uh, I suppose a, a little booze party. I guess, you know, maybe that's not right. Um, I guess he fed them some alcohol or something. I mean, they're young, uh, but they seem to know what they're doing. They seem, yeah. they seem fairly qualified to, you know, <laughs> uh, rob and burgle. Uh, you know, I mean, kidnapping seems a little extreme, but I, I mean, what what constitutes kidnapping exactly? This is this is this is. I mean, the tragedy among tragedies. It's it's come to the point mm-hmm. where an eighty five year old man can't lure underage girls to his apartment for a booze fueled sex party. Yeah, yeah, it has gotten to that point. I mean, honest to God. Do we not have a thing called the fucking Constitution in this country? <laughs> I think that's in the Bill of Rights, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. That's I mean, the- I was a C student in law school. I really don't know. But oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, but but I, I'm assuming it's there. I, I hope when I'm 85, I can lure underage girls to a booze field sex party. I mean, how else are you going to get underage girls to abuse a booze filled sex party? Booze fueled Sex party. I mean, the other choices you have to do is go to places where underage girls hang out, and those places are horrible. Well. Like One Direction concerts. Mm, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Playgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, uh, the woods, I suppose. It, uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a... Uh, now, I mean, I, I the must... The record ad- store they hang out. I must admit that, like, North Korea there did convince me slightly otherwise, because I hadn't looked at the discussion that way, but I, mm. I do feel for this guy. Yeah. 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 She's glowering at you now um so so, yeah you 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 feel for him uh, in what sense you mean like that he's embarrassed you mean or that that his business is out there what do you mean it's i certainly did i i i would hope that uh you know i would have better judgment at that age you know what i mean i won't i wouldn't bring a couple of 17 year olds back to my place now no, no, I mean, honestly, I... I'm I, only 31, you know what I mean? I'm terrified enough about satisfying the woman I've been married to. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine two teenagers. That The pressure of that would just be overwhelming. Well, you know, they've probably really never had their bell rung yet, you know what I mean? Might be Even so. Fun to, anyway. I don't, want to, I don't want to be the straw that breaks the uh, proverbial camel's back. Well, this guy looks like a spring uh, chicken in the next story compared to 85-year-old, <laughs> uh, you know, this, 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 this guy. Now, this guy... All right, 
He's been accused of sex crimes. Details uh, like a bloody condoms, date rape drugs. The NYPD even hauled his mattress out of his home. I don't know what they were going to learn from his mattress. Uh, it, it was always admitted there was sex happening. You know what I mean? It's, it's a symbolic thing these days. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. They donated to Columbia for uh, yeah, people yeah, to carry around. Yeah, for women around to carry campus. around, yes. Yeah. So, uh, Sanford uh, a Rapenstein. Oh, oh, Sandy. <laughs> Prominent Manhattan attorney, a swinger. He's, he's a familiar, furly-esque sight around the strip clubs and sex clubs in New York. He craves dark meat. Younger tall, muscular, African-American women, and he's worked for justice for people of color, you know. In 2001, uh, like, the, the beaten, uh, enforceably sodomized Haitian immigrant, Abner Louima, $8.75 million he got for him. That's the largest police brutality settlement in New York City history. You can buy a lot of therapy and adult diapers with that kind of money. Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. Because <laughs> now he's incontinent. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he also got $7 million for the family of Sean Bell, mm-hmm. who was shot dead outside a strip club by the NYPD on the eve of his wedding, tragically saved from a lifetime of marriage. Now, he was a big friend of Al Sharpton. This uh, Sanford Rubenstein. That's right. I've, I've met Sanford on a number of occasions. Have you really? I, once again, this is the decline. In you the associate moral, with these rapists? Uh, this is the decline in the moral standards of our society. Now we're not just talking about an elderly, rich, white man. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an elderly, rich, white lawyer. Yes. And I can't think of anybody who has done more for our society than elderly, rich, white lawyers. From Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. all the way up to George W. Bush Jr. <laughs> Few people have had a bigger impact and have stood up. For the man in the streets, and now to, to besperch his name because of some, some, well, because of the very people he helped are now claiming he raped them. Right. That's right. That's right. But yeah, he's uh, raping Stain is uh, amid allegations of rape by a tall, muscular 42 year old executive of Al Sharpton's National Action Network. You know, he was a big time friend of Sharpton. And only hours after celebrating the Reverend's 60th birthday, raping Stain thrown off the Al Sharpton party bus of righteousness. Can you imagine that friends turning their back on you just to grandstand over allegations of sex abuse? What a prick. You know, you knew you couldn't trust Al Sharpton from the snitching thing. Mm. And now he is turning on his own friends. And here's the other thing that really bothers me about this story, putting my lawyer hat back on. Yeah. I've seen Sanford Rubenstein a number of times. I've heard him speak. Uh, mm. You know, I've, I've spoken to him a few times. He's He's fairly common sight around the New York City court system. Mm-hmm. He, I would be stunned if he could rape a muscle-bound 42-year-old. <laughs> he is a very small man. Well, that's where the rape drugs come in. Again, with the victim. Listen to her. She has something to say. You know what? You know what? Rich white lawyers have been repressed far longer than women ever have. We have oh, been the brunt of now. jokes. Oh. We have been... Every, you know, if you want to talk about victim-blaming... Who's the first people you call? Who are the first ones at the hospital when you've been in a car accident? I, you know, that's an interesting question. Here's another interesting question. Why do you hate women that have been raped? <laughs> that's well, that when works. they lie about American heroes like Sanford Rubenstein, mm. it's bad enough that we already have besmirched the good name of Christopher Columbus. We do not need this. Well, there are no charges here, only allegations which are being investigated. Now, the woman said that she woke up foggy. She claimed she was drugged. Toxicology results came back negative. 
Well, she did, however, test positive for marijuana. Now, she now says he fed her a marijuana cookie. I like the way they use the word f- they, they fed it to her. That's the, that's by the New York Post. Yeah. He didn't offer it to her. He fed it to her as if she's like, uh, you know, eating it out of his hand like a, like an animal of some sort, you know. You or, know. or just, or like when you give a pill to a cat. Like mm-hmm. she's he's holding her mouth open and jabbing it down the back of her throat. And since when does marijuana and a cookie get you laid? You well, know, and, I mean? and how much marijuana to knock a, a, a muscle-bound 42-year-old unconscious? Mm. There's uh, more questions than answers here. The woman's lawyer... Plus, I believe she's also had sex with him previously consensually well, yeah yeah I, I don't know about that I, I, I but is, is any is any sex really consensual though when you get right down to it I don't think so but the woman's lawyers Keith White and Kenneth Montgomery put it this way any positive text uh, test for narcotics in the system of the victim only supports the belief that she was drugged. Now that's, that's called a, reaching at straws. That is okay, but but what else? What if that works? What if any positive test for narcotics in the system of the victim going forward only supports the belief that she was drugged? Now this is a real question. Yes, uh, and and uh, the the show is is a humorous show for you know people. You yeah, might not I really might, don't endorse. You might not have noticed, you know. Uh, but uh, the, but the if it, are we now to be held responsible? Let's say a man or a woman is is accused of rape of a man or a woman doesn't matter are you responsible for the for the drugs that are consumed by the alleged victim now i mean like if if drugs come up is it like well it's I, clearly they were supplied i mean legally it's a factual distinction it really does matter on the nature of the ingestion of the drugs mm-hmm. i mean if she's burning joints all night herself no absolutely not but you know, a Ruhifnol label, um, you know, laden drink, unknown to the victim, it absolutely is. It's a factual distinction on something like that. Now, okay. the very fact that you didn't find something stronger, some sort of tranquilizer and or Ruhifnol, really, I think, speaks towards Sanford Rubenstein. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, marijuana in New York City, although it's not technically legal, is practically legal. Um, and, you know, it's it's consumed by an estimated 45 to, to 50% of your average New Yorkers. It's one that most people, even on a jury, are going to think that is the kind of thing that she would have in her system. It's also well-common knowledge that marijuana will stay in your system for as much as one month. Meaning that any amount of marijuana, you're really going to have to get into how much would have been in her system that particular night. A marijuana-laden cookie, how much would that generate? Now, if you'd found Rahifnol, there's something to this. This sounds like it's it's really a... A nonsense. Now, I imagine the police absolutely loved arresting Sanford Rubenstein. Well, they didn't arrest, well, they arrest him. But There's they no charges. Searching his apartment. Investigating. Yeah, sorry. Dragging his they... mattress out. Yeah. Again, when, and what do they anticipate finding there for real? I mean, what would be the point of that? Because My... I, mean, I think that he said we had consensual sex. They got the bloody condoms. What do they need uh, the mattress for? I would, I would say exactly to confirm that there is some sort of DNA that there was sex on that particular night. And do they always do that? Why don't they just search it while it's there? Why don't they just uh, conduct the test on the sheets or something? Oh, no, they never do this. Um, this is a high-profile case. They don't want to look like they fucked it up. Plus, I believe... The whole mattress? Why not just... There is a lot of cops who are enjoying humiliating the shit out of Sanford Rubenstein right now. I see. Well, He we'll, is not a popular man in the NYPD. We will keep you posted. Of course not. No, not after that uh, <laughs> Abner Louima Sean Bell stuff. I mean, he's a long we'll history cough, of suing them. Cough up all that money? Well, we'll, we'll keep you posted on on Sanford Rapenstein. On Caucasian Island, a 67-year-old woman used a crowbar to beat her 82-year-old husband to death while he was prone in his tub. Well, then the woman set the house on fire, bound herself with duct tape, and laid down in the garage. The perfect murder. Well, when the fire was extinguished, the woman was discovered in the garage, 
And when the tape was removed, she told cops she was sick and tired of her husband abusing her. Well, you know, they had been called to quell two arguments for the couple uh, in 2008. Yeah. This is... So wait a minute. Let, let's let's rehash this. Let's so, rehash it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she, she beats her husband to death in the bathtub. With a crowbar. Then 82 she, year old. Then she ties herself up and sets the house on fire. Did I get that she right? She set the house on fire, and then it, bound herself with duct tape, laid down in the garage. Okay. The perfect so murder. Then the police come. Yes. You've got the perfect, it looks like somebody broke in, tied up his wife, beat him to death, right? Mm-hmm. And she just spills the whole thing right like that. Well, I don't know if that was immediately what she said. I mean, I'm sure she did go like, um, it was somebody. Okay, yeah, you got me. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, just, I, it's, it seems that she's setting it up to look like a home invasion. Yeah, yeah. it really and, does. And then she's just like, and then the cops go, look, this is stupid. You're stupid. This is the whole thing's <laughs> stupid. And she's like, yeah, you got a point. Uh, I think that what uh, and, and this abuse, this this uh, defense could work. It, it's, that, it's, it's unfortunate, but it really could work. Battered woman syndrome is, uh, it's, it's been one of the more controversial defenses. It's been around for a number of years. Mm-hmm. It really started uh, rising in the late 80s. Yeah, and and, uh, and uh, like burning bed type shit. Now, this happened uh, uh, with Barbara Sheehan was acquitted. You might remember this case. Uh, she was a, uh, a termagant. <laughs> she shot her unarmed and defenseless husband while he shaved. And uh, she claimed yes. she, was, she was abused over the years, and there was no hard evidence I t- she could have left him, right? You know, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, this uh, this woman, this uh, I, what would you? She is what you would probably describe as ugly, uh, <laughs> fat, possibly ill tempered. But uh, <laughs> she fired. Well, she fired eleven shots into the guy. Yeah. Eleven, you know. Um, and uh, decided by a jury of a, of, her, of her peers, nine women, three men. The original battered woman syndrome, if I remember the case correctly, was actually a teenage girl who shot her father. Mm-hmm. And it did come out, and there was there was some evidence of it, not great evidence, mm-hmm. but but evidence about that she had been the subject of sexual abuse for mm-hmm. almost since you know, like she was of conscious memory. Sure, and that was the very first successful battered woman's defense. It's a little different than you know being married to someone because you are his actual daughter. Moving along is a lot more difficult in a situation like that. Yeah, and if it's happened since you you know were mm-hmm. a small child and it's what you've raised with, and you, you might not understand the possibility of leaving. You know, it's almost like being Amish or mm-hmm. something, right? So there is. I mean, so when I you know when I criticize this defense, there is something to it. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see a situation like that where it arises. Here, it does feel on the Sheehan case that there was something that was that was clearly rage. Mm-hmm. I mean, eleven shots. That's angry. Yes, you know. I mean, I see it as anger and revenge rather than because uh, yeah. because like if once you have fired your your fifth shot, say you know, yeah. Well, he's dead. You're Plus, you're also probably in control of him being able to live. Meaning that if he is still alive and begging for help, you, you don't have to call for it. I mean, if you're really accomplishing, but she just seems to unload a clip in a gun. I, yeah. I'd also like to point out under the safe fact that would now probably be an illegal gun unless she reloaded. Okay. Well, um, yeah, maybe so. Uh, I mean, but I say that, you know, if the man is shaving, you know, and, and my, she might have been confused by that, you know. I mean, most likely she, uh, no part of her body had seen a razor in a number of years. <laughs> She's hairy, is what I'm saying. It's a joke. <laughs> now, no, she did say she had cut him off sexually for 10 years before she killed him. You know why? I think that's why she shot him. 
because one day he looked at her and she's a school secretary and by the to, to me like did you did you like your school secretary oh i know exactly where you're going with this and you're right oh boy i just despised my school secretary uh, yeah it's it's the person who gives you the judgmental statement before mm-hmm. the principal calls you was in the office <laughs> yeah it's, it's the moral code of the school if you will yes yeah and i'm just trying to think of the character of the woman you know we, we i remember we we had a woman who was a school secretary and um she was i, I just thought she was horrible and uh and then she um whatever she, uh, she after school she she was arrested for shoplifting <laughs> and i remember th- yeah exactly that's, that's exactly awesome. how i felt i was just like yeah from kmart you know oh yeah sad shoplifting. meaning yeah that she's like oh i need these things yeah and i don't have the money to pay for them yeah, it's not like it's not like prada or something mm-hmm. like yeah that. yeah it wasn't like one of those things for kicks or something now listen i am so not against women people get that idea from this show all the I, time. I can't imagine things why. that i say i can't either i honestly can't and le- you'd have to be incapable of critical thinking in order to think that you know and you say like well obviously a person who says these things knows the, the point of view where they're coming from but i think that it's wrong to kill somebody uh, mm-hmm. when you can just get away if you mm-hmm. can just get away how is the self-defense the door is open he's shaving make a run for it you know what i mean well he would just track her down and kill her i'm okay can you say that can you really say that i, I mean that's he would track her down and kill her if she did that. I mean, that's really the problem with the, the what's been the problem with the battered woman syndrome and all these other kind of like hyperbolic defenses, as mm-hmm. I like to refer to them as, is, mm-hmm. is where you really hysterical. Requ- you'd call it hyperbolic. It's, it's you, you. You really require them to almost speak in hyperbole. It's like, well, this could happen. Well, this has to happen. This might be happening. She feared this. She did this. It's yeah. It gets so speculative that it it is really ridiculous at times as i said you know the teenage girl sexually abused over a number of years this was the 80s before it was you know really well known to speak out on stuff like that and yeah. I, you know there is something to be said about that hey there if, is a valid defense there you know like if you're the uh if you've been kidnapped by uh this what was his name uh, the the guy in uh, the ohio guy the cleveland guy yeah, yeah yeah sure you know like um you kill him and you okay you get yeah. out of something but you know i, I just uh, to me well, you, you put up with it all these years. You're not in immediate grave uh, danger mm-hmm. of, of great bodily harm or death. Now, that's all I'm saying. It's a legal discussion. This is not is. personal to me in any way, okay? I, it, but it is irritating. And here's what kind of makes it personal for me, all right? Because uh, this, cause I am a sexual deviant. And <laughs> I'm not really. Well, you're still pending hearing on that. Well, yeah. But I think that... Uh, that you know this guy what, what he was he he, he liked to wear uh he, he was into uh what do you call it Men, guys in dresses and he was uh into um baby stuff like he mm-hmm. liked to dress in a diaper and he liked to be you know like they would get together with other people and they would be babies together and i guess goo goo gaga and probably crap their pants and stuff. whatever it is that people do when they're into that no judgment you know and, well, I, I feel I, I feel and we every, exhibit a little bit of every judgment. detail of this man's life was brought up, every yeah. detail, yeah. and 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 dragged out. Uh, you know, is now who knows if that's true? You yeah. know what I mean? If there's anything to corroborate, I don't know. But that, but she gets to present all that evidence, mm-hmm. and and he doesn't. And there's no rebuttal for any of that. And 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 how is that fair? You know, to be like, well, I killed him, and not only that, but this. So you know, all that does is reduce sympathy for the victim. So like, oh look at this! He's a fucking piece of shit, uh, you know, baby, uh, fucking uh, likes to be with the guy. And and anyway, and where are the tr- where's the transgender uh, uh, lobby in this situation? You know what I mean? Where how come how come the the gay lesbian transgender people go? Hey, wait a second! What's wrong with that? So what if you wanted to wear a fucking dress or or be with people in dresses? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. they're not going to say anything about this. Well, 
We've lost a lot of subscribers on this last story. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have a rape correspondent now. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, I think she really brought up a good issue of rape culture. I think so, and too. And then, you know, and the words are that uh, you, you have to rethink rape culture, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me because uh, I feel the same way about rape as I did before and after I learned of the concept of rape culture. Mm-hmm. Which and is against I, it? I, yeah, against I'm, I'm it very against rape, right. yes. I don't, yeah. I don't like it. It's yeah. bad. It is bad. <laughs> it's, it's illegal. Bad. Rape? Yeah. You're against it. Stop raping. Stop raping, she says. I... I well, you can't stop raping, you see. Oh, Once you had to go stop, there. <laughs> first you take, a, 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 you put some pills into the pudding. I do have to say, I, 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 I should apologize to my wife. Yeah? I, I imagine there's a lot of times we've had sex and she didn't really want to. Well, probably, I don't blame her. I've probably, put on like 16 pounds and all my hair fell out. Probably a few times when you, you know, when she might not have even been aware of it. You know? She uh, slept right through it. You know, no, no, I was even worse. I, I woke her up. <laughs> hey, 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 excuse, excuse me. <laughs> Suddenly I feel as if we've gone uh, outside the scope of, of New York City crime. So, so to bring it back, let's say you've been accused of rape. Let's say, you, let's just go ahead and say you rape somebody, right? That's the best way to do it, isn't it, Kyria? Korea. We represent the guilty too. I mean, like, yeah, that, that it's probably 99.9% true. Yeah, very seldom is someone is someone accused of rape and they didn't do it. I believe that's true. So, um, say you don't want to be held responsible for it, uh, <laughs> and or you know you want the the least amount of time or punishment that you can get. Let's say you're not a rapist. Let's let's say you know it could be anything. What kind of things do you cover, Jim? I mean, like you name it. You name it. I mean, you go from of, murder to traffic tickets. And is this we do o- it all only in New York City? Um, New York State. New York State. Now it's it's you know it's um we we don't like to go much north of Westchester, but uh, we have people who do. Yeah. So Rochester, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, just kidding. You're the best. Well, you know you know Rochester, they don't get raped up there. I don't know. I don't know either. You know Rochester is a beautiful town. I'd love to go back and perform in the comedy club there again. Uh, you know they got great chicken wings there, just like they do in mm-hmm. Buffalo. Yeah, they're known for them. Rochester, New York, one of my very favorite places. Now, uh, so mazzyandpoke.com. It's M A Z Z. E I P O L K P O L K and poke Mazzy poke no and just Mazzy poke dot com and we just redid the website it looks great you get some headshots of me I got to agree yeah if you want to see what Jim looks like now also get your tickets early we're going to be at the NYC Podfest Jim and I both and we're going to be uh, doing New York City Crime Report live and uh, you know who knows you might also get to meet our our new rape correspondent and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of great podcasts Um, check it out NYC Podfest. We are there. I believe it's January 9th. I will be there, and you're going to love it. And follow me too, Pat Dixon uh, uh, on Twitter. It's just Pat Dixon. Guess what? Not only do I have a Twitter account, I'm, I'm verified. Are you verified? <laughs> are you? Not you. I'm not talking to you specifically, but you. And I go to Pat Dixon NYC on Instagram. If you have Instagram, you got to get on that because you know what we do, Jim? We post pictures from Desperation Tonight with pat dixon and that's my show that's a pat dixon live joint so you can see yep. every monday at caroline's at 7 30 we have new talent we got old talent that's me we've got <laughs> uh you know we uh, a number of uh you know uh, really hot new york city comedians uh, phil hanley if you're a fan joe list that uh, carmen lynch uh, put in a little appearance the other day you might see uh, she's been picture. on letterman She's been on Letterman twice, as has Keith Alberstadt, who's also yeah. done the show a number of times. He's a regular. Uh, Andy Hendrickson. A lot of funny comedians. All all good friends. And you can see... You know, you know who stopped by the other night? Who's Ooh, that? he stopped by and anointed the show. This was exciting. We're doing the show. Everything's fine. It's been an, And it's been a hell of a show. Mm-hmm. Tom Rhodes was there. 
Yeah, yeah. No, Vince I, August was great. there. It was it was incredible. Tom Rhodes, a friend, is you know used to have the show, Mister Rhodes. Well, guess what? Guess who came by? They said, "Hey, you know who's here?" And he had contacted me through my Twitter, and I said, "Oh yes, definitely come by if you can." He said, "How long is the show going on?" I said, "It's going on until you get here." Yeah. Jim Gaffigan showed oh, up to do his spot. That's a Hollywood movie star I now. Said, you know what, Jim Gaffigan, that'll do. Yeah, that'll just do. Desperation tonight. That's at Caroline's every Monday. This week it's Tuesday, so that's the twenty fifth of November, and it's an it's an amazing show. Last Tuesday at the stand, every last Tuesday of the month. Oh man, that's another one. If mm-hmm. you're if you're in New York City and you're hearing this on a Tuesday, you know it's it's a oh boy. Uh, <laughs> This coming Tuesday, Judah Friedlander Whoa. and Nick DiPaolo, Ty Barnett, and just a bunch of other funny people. You've heard Mike Figs on the show. Yeah. He's going to be there, too. It's an incredible show. Come and see it uh, last Tuesday. That's at The Stand. Now, uh, the most important thing uh, is, is to go to the New York City Crime Report page on Facebook. I'm telling you all these things. Go to my website. And anytime you're in New York City, and you can ask people, people have done this. They 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 contact me ahead of time and say, "I'm coming to the city. How do I see a comedy show?" And I say, "Okay, here's how." I tell them where to go. I tell them how to get the cheap tickets. I tell them like like you know, it's it's the best I can do. I want to see you, you know, and I mm-hmm. and I and I want to let you know I appreciate it. So come on out. I, I'll hook you up with some tickets to see Desperation tonight. Just write me for tickets here in New York City at patdixonnyc at gmail.com. And uh, what else can I say except that I appreciate you guys. And, uh, oh, by the way, if you'd like a T-shirt. <laughs> if you want to meet me, tell Pat you want to meet me. I'll decide if I want to meet you. That's right, yeah. You've got his number. Give your number out, Jim. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's uh, 516-280-9035. One more time. 516-280-9035. You don't even have to be innocent. Making justice work for you, Jim Pope. Thanks for joining me, Jim. Thank you. And thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Is it over?